0: And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me is the man who will not stop wandering around the Death Stranding, it's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I am very good. Um, We've had some uh, fun announcements, Uh, we've had some interesting news coming out, some interesting news on a different level also come out we finally uh, have a
1: direct you can talk about because they always happen (laughs) after we record and now it's finally happened before we record so happy days
0: for once yes thank goodness unfortunately it was at midnight so uh yeah so anybody who uh who showed up to to the to the live reactions on my twitch channel thank you first of all uh, second of all, if you weren't able to see that, it is on my YouTube channel. So you can see like the highlights of that. Um, again, it was at midnight. So I was tired and I was hocked up on energy drinks. So some of my reactions might be a bit more muted for some reason. Uh, and some of my reactions might be a bit more excited than you would
1: think. It's probably more <laughs> excited
0: than uh, muted.
1: I never understood the whole... I think I said it in the chat uh, with uh, like we had in in the text chat we have with some other guys, it's like the whole thing around energy drink or Red Bull or stuff like that. Like, I wonder if it's actually helping or if it's just a placebo because you're like, oh, I'm drinking Red Bull or I'm drinking energy drink because i'm wondering if it's just not your body getting like this massive shot of sugar and caffeine that's keeping you up or going oh, it's instead of
0: that
1: yeah because like <laughs> people would always say like oh yeah you know i need to study deep into the night so i chuck some red bull and i was able to make it through the night i'm like no you probably just had a lot of sugar and caffeine rushing through your body and that's the reason why you made it through the night it's not because red bull had some special ingredient but it's like the same with all those uh, gamer drinks these days. The the powders. Oh, I, I uh, mean, like, get me yeah, but like, I don't know what I. W- w- I mean, like, it feels like there's a gazillion brands out there, and it's like for gamers, by gamers. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, who else is gonna buy that shit? You know? And I'm like, yeah. it's it's like <laughs> it's probably just pre workout, like going to the gym. So like every time I see stuff like that, or when somebody's being sponsored, I'm like, ha! You're having pre workout. You're gonna bounce like a. Do the cell bunny as soon as you drink it. So promote the shit out of it. But you won't be able to sit tight with it because it's just like and there's like no added sugar, all natural ingredients. Like, no, man, there's no all natural ingredients, no added sugar, gave or drink because then it wouldn't serve the purpose and it wouldn't give you the boost. So who are we kidding
0: here? You know? I I don't know about that man. I'm not gonna say if it works or not or what if there is sugar in it or not. I'm...
1: It feels not like they're taking advantage of gamers because they're slapping a gamers label on it, and that's just something that I cannot. It's like with a chair. They slap a gamer label chair t- t- tag on it, and the chair's automatically hundred bucks more. They're like, mm-hmm. it's the the damn cha- same chair. Why are you sla- putting on a gamer tag and asking me a hundred bucks more? Adding R G B. Who cares about R G B on a chair? It's it's a damn chair. It needs to hold you. That's it. Yeah. And be comfy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my also, rant yeah. about uh, us gamers <laughs> being taken advantage of. Let's jump into yeah. the news.
0: Let us jump into the news indeed. And we're going to start off with our good friends uh, at Act Ablision. Um They're still with the lawsuits, so that's not going so well for them. Yep. A lot of people mm. have started to leave, like a bunch <laughs> of high profile people started to leave. Because, well, would you want to stick around?
1: I mean, come on. Uh, it's getting busier and busier with the, the what you call it, the <clears throat> indictments and stuff. I think, like, the SEC has now started an investigation into Activision, mm-hmm. and Bobby yep. Kodak is also under investigation. So, um, poetic justice at last for you and for many
0: others. Oh, I hope so. But it is the SEC, so it's mi- mainly... They're trying to figure out if he knew anything, and more importantly, if they let the shareholders know what was going on. Um, well, the shareholders the are suing Ooh. the company, right? So, last you know, I checked, they were suing the company. So, so then they I probably don't, don't know. So the answer is no. <laughs> but the question is, what kind of impact would that have on the higher ups, right? Yeah, because what can like what can the SEC SEC effect, effectively do? to, I don't know, get rid of Bobby Kotick. Well, they um, can
1: find him. I mean, like it's, I think it's the same situation with Elon Musk, is that Elon Musk was going all crazy on Twitter a couple of years yeah, ago and saying that he was going to take Tesla private and he had found the funds to do it and turned out it was bullshit. And then uh, he got fined a lot and he was also prohibited from taking a board position uh, for X amount of years. Um, because yes. he was also chairman of the board of Tesla, and now he's just the CEO of Tesla. So, I mean, I can imagine that the SEC slaps a big he's fine. He's also
0: not allowed to tweet about Tesla.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he just tweets about cryptocurrency instead.
0: <laughs> Figure.
1: Um, so, like, I can't imagine the SEC giving him a fine, not Elon Musk, mm. but Bobby Coding. And yeah. then, like, maybe... Also putting up restrictions and then maybe the shareholders might file like a motion of distrust or something and then they might get him kicked out. Because oh, the longer please, this goes yes. on, the I mean like eventually a big enough head needs to roll for the for them to create the image towards the public, like we're taking this really seriously, and you know we want to do better. I mean, ideally they'll kick him out. And then they'll promote a female CEO and then they're like, Hey, you know, we learned our lessons. We believe in diversity. Here's a female CEO that will listen to all the concerns raised by all our female employees and hopefully create a better environment because this stuff happens. And I'm like, it's a real shame that this stuff happens because it just puts a bad label or a bad name on gaming. Cause you know, I always say it, it reflects on all of us. I mean, the fact that this is happening at a developer or a big publisher who's who's earning billions—it's a shame that these things happen.
0: Yeah, true, and it is. It also is putting a damper on their releases because if you look at, um, for example, Diablo 2 Resurrection <clears throat> just came out. Yeah. No, like almost no fanfare fair from Activision, like at all. Yeah, the game is released. Did did they just put it out? Um, there are reviews out. Uh, even like even people are like, should we support Activision Blizzard right now? Like by buying the game, and even yep. like one of the, the 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 lead devs was like, eh, like if you want that like, we know what the current situation is. If you want to buy the game, and you don't feel anything for it, you can buy the game. But if you feel like, if you don't feel like buying the game, it's Okay, even they were like not like uh, not a hundred percent sure like what people should do.
1: Yeah, but I I mean, mean, that's then, the then... wrong part because uh, there was like an article that that came out shortly after this whole stuff started, like a couple of months ago. And there was this, I think, it was a female lead on, I think, the Call of Duty franchise. Like somebody that works at Activision, she was a female lead on something, and she said like you know, the worst thing you can do right now is boycott all the stuff we bring out because, yes, we understand your stance that you don't want to support a company that has this horrible workplace or horrible work environment and doesn't treat its female staff properly. But at the same time, you're slapping us in the face because we've put so much time and effort into these games. And, you know, all we want is our work to be seen, to be played and to be um, appreciated plus a lot of games are developed with bonuses in mind i mean for the lot of, for a lot of people working on it like the not the not the executive staff but the normal people to put it that way they kind of do look forward to those bonuses if the game scores good or it sells well then they get bonuses and i mean it's not easy to live in certain parts of the world or cheap so then these bonuses are like essential to you know live so like by 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 boycotting stuff, which is a noble cause, but like the the other side of the coin is that you're actually doing more harm than that you're doing good. And it sounds really constricting because you're like, yeah, but I don't want to give my money to a company that doesn't treat women right or has a safe workplace. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but like in the bigger picture, um, you're maybe causing those women to leave because they're not earning enough because there's a pay gap and some ways to overcome that is a buy bonus but if the game doesn't perform well then they still end up leaving so then you don't fix anything at all you know
0: yeah that's that's totally true and you know we still have a bunch of games that are coming out you know um call of duty is supposed to come out but i don't think a lot of people are like super duper excited about it
1: I played it. Like, separate uh, from,
0: like, the whole issue thing. Yeah. I don't... It doesn't feel like people are really excited about it. And with the last open beta, apparently it was, like, a lot of buggy and people couldn't play it. And people were using cheat software, which is weird Uh, because uh, they said that they do have, like, anti-cheat implemented into the game, but they did not turn it on for the open beta, which is weird. Why would you not want to test specifically that aspect of the game. Yeah. To make sure that it's working. Yeah.
1: I don't. I'll I'll I played a little bit of it. I'll talk about it later. But uh yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean people are leaving. Bobby Kotick hopefully is getting what he deserves. And uh finally. And uh yeah it's like don't forget like they've taken off the Activision name of Call of Duty. So it just says Sledgehammer Games. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know? That? Like, all the promotional stuff, you know, you used to, like, sh- like Activision, yeah, and yeah. Then, like or um, Infinity Ward, or Treyarch, or Sledgehammer Games. But it's not just Sledgehammer Games, Call of Duty. It's <laughs> like, oh, OK. Huh. They really know how toxic their name is right now. They don't want to associate it. But anybody who plays Call of Duty knows it's Activision, so not having the name on there makes no sense at
1: all. But well, I think at the end of the day, people don't care. I mean, like, are you going to tell me that some kid that plays Warzone with his mates every night, that shouts, screams, curses, you know, that does all that stuff, do you think he actually cares about the whole Activision situation? Of course
0: not, not the kids. No, he's like,
1: yeah, but I don't care. As long as Warzone works and I can kill and play with my friends, why not? Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. But again,
1: And the problem is those people or those kids are the ones that spend the most money on the game. They generate the most income for the game and they basically play into the microtransaction part in which Activision will just keep on doing what it does because they earn billions half of microtransactions. So it's like these big companies have gotten really well at creating these infinite loops and they've become really well at uh preventing people from breaking that loop. Uh so yeah. no it's like live, die and repeat. Kind of like yeah. a returno in there. Um so yeah, it's 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 always gonna be like this until somebody says like no and then a lot of people start saying no.
0: Yeah, that's true. Which really sucks, but I guess that's the state of gaming these days. Yeah. Um more pressure on indie to stand out. Yeah, I mean if we're going if we're going to talk indies um actually I do want to bring something up it's not like a news article it's just more of an observation and it's not even like my personal observation but just someone brought it up on I want to say Twitter that uh EA put out a new EA Originals I know you've heard of it
1: I uh, actually uh <laughs> won <laughs> a key in random. a gi- yeah I won a key in a giveaway the other day and I'm really excited to play it but I haven't
0: been able to play it yet You should because Lost and Random, for some reason, like there have been EA original games that have come out. Yeah. And EA tends to promote those because they want to promote, they want to show that they support indie developers. You know, so you have like, um, uh, it takes uh, two it takes a two out. Uh, a way out fey uh, Fay or fey uh how untangled or unraveled Un, uh, unraveled was also part of that was actually like a really big part
1: mm-hmm.
0: early on and then like lost in random comes out with like minimal like minimal uh fanfare like at all like it is out i don't think i've seen like a single, like maybe I've seen one video review pop up somewhere. I haven't even checked the Metacritic for it. But maybe. it's out. Yeah. Like almost nobody's talking about it. And it looks interesting because they did show it off at E3. They showed it off at um did it yeah, they showed it off at E3. They showed it off at the EA play event. Um that came afterwards. So it's not like they don't know it exists, and it's not like they aren't showing it off. They showed it off. It's just after those initial pushes, they haven't done anything, and I know yeah. that they've been sending out like codes to people, like you know, mm-hmm. influencers and stuff. I know you hate the word. I hate. I, it I hate uh, the word. But they, you know they what the funny been... thing is
1: about influencers?
0: What?
1: Basically, everybody is an influencer because if I give you a recommendation to buy a game because of X amount of reasons, and you buy the game, Mm. inadvertently, I have influenced you into buying the game. Fair, yeah. So, like, you know, we're basically all influencers. I just, I'm not a fan of the kind that begs and gets free stuff and does it for the wrong reasons, because they'll be like, oh, this game is so amazing, and then they'll end up never playing the game, because those are out there. I know a few. I've seen them in the act, and I'm like... Don't sell yeah. your soul so cheaply for this stuff. Come on, have some self-respect. <laughs> right. But back to your point.
0: Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's not a news article thing, but I do feel like at least the concept is interesting because it's all about the role of the die, um, and the die, and like die rolls decide everything from like combat to options um, to story elements. So I do feel like people should at least give it a look, um, if they can find any reviews on it. Um, you know, give it a give it a read, give it a watch. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find some reviews on Metacritic. Uh, from, I've
1: seen uh, some b- pretty big streamers stream it and be really uh, excited about it. I've seen or watch it
0: on Twitch. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, word of mouth on 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 social media about it. So I I don't think that. Um, Yeah, it's a bummer that EA doesn't promote it, but I think that the game itself causes this promotion wave for itself because it's so out of the ordinary. It's not like uh, your typical game. So I think because it has that really cool, fun look and unique uh, uh, play style that a lot of people are intrigued by. They're like, oh, wow, okay, this is something new. I want to try this out. Plus, I
0: think it's actually on... I want to say that it's on Game Pass.
1: I honestly don't know. It's, it's probably part of EA Access.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: The funny thing about the EA Originals program is that compared to EA's track record and history, it is the exact opposite of what they are doing. <laughs> it is like this, this program in which the developer gets to keep all the money. EA helps with the promotion It's like everything ea normally doesn't do with their triple a games they do with their ea originals label they you know they're really supportive really helpful and then the funny thing is, is they barely talk about their efforts in that program they barely promote the program they're like yeah we have this and we do it because it's kind of like a lawyer doing pro bono work but like on yeah. big cases and and when people ask them like why aren't you talking about it it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just like helping people out and giving back. Whereas other people would scream it off the rooftops. And like, yeah, look at how awesome this program is we have. And we do this and we do that. And look at us being amazing. And EA is like really cool and on the down low about it, which surprises a lot of people. Because there have been some amazing games that have come out of the EA Originals label, which we mentioned. So it's so strange that they're like so modest about it.
0: Yeah. yeah i mean i'm looking at metacritic right now it's getting decent review scores um it's sitting on uh an 83 on xbox uh series x it's sitting at a 79 on playstation 79 80 so that's also good 77 on pc but i haven't checked um the scores on like steam yet for it like how many positive uh, like the percentage the percentages of positive reviews there but it's scoring pretty decent it's so also that's, available on Switch, nice. i think it is but uh um, i don't think they have enough switch reviews yet hmm. yeah they only have like two critic reviews, but the user score is at a nine
1: yeah i uh i didn't expect it but i participated in this giveaway and i won and then i could choose for which platform i wanted the key you know like ps5 obviously Uh, so i got it i downloaded it but i haven't been able to like it's one of those games that i really want to try and i'm really excited to play it i just have to be in the the right Right mindset and mood for it so i can give it all my attention instead of just randomly playing it um so yeah but i'm i am really excited to play it
0: all right all right okay that's cool yeah um well let's move on to the big one uh for this one which is the part that is about the Nintendo Direct, September Direct for 2021. And... I'll let you
1: speak for the next hour and then I'll just <laughs> nod and smile. And if people say, like, he's so uninterested, he's on his phone, it's like literally because I don't have anything to say about it. So the stage is yours.
0: <laughs> oh, I, good I'm goodness. here if you need me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So basically, um, Nintendo, of course, had their Nintendo Direct. Um, it was quite honestly one of the better ones um, that they've had in quite a while. Uh, They had a lot of games that they uh, announced, showed off, a lot of stuff that we weren't aware of, and a lot of stuff that was kind of weird. So, the first thing they showed off, of course, was the new expansion coming to uh, Monster Hunter Rise next year called Sunbreak. That was unexpected. Uh, That was, well, that was unexpected, mostly because we didn't know what they were going to do for the Switch. Like, I mean, obviously, with Iceborne, it makes a lot more sense because, you know, it's on a console that has, like, a big hard drive and you can do stuff like that. But on Switch, it's a little less clear. And we know that Pokemon, this time around, did, like, an expansion for the first time ever. So that was also a little bit weird to see. But it actually worked out for them because, honestly, the expansion was better than the main game. Um, <laughs> that doesn't was, happen well, often. No, that doesn't happen often at all because they don't do expansions or they didn't do expansions until now. And with Monster Hunter uh, Rise Sunbreak, it basically confirmed that they're doing the same thing that like they did with I, um, Iceborne, which is good. Because yep. if they were to re-release the game and say pay another 60 euros for that, I don't think it would fly anymore, especially after... Especially after Iceborne,
1: yeah. I wonder if it's like a digital download only because you need the original game.
0: Yeah, you need the original game. I'm assuming it. Yeah, it's a DLC. They said it's DLC. Maybe so you they'll bundle it in it.
1: with a physical copy. You know, like uh, a...
0: they'll probably re-release it with one yeah. that is with the DLC. Yeah, like that's basically what they do anyways with the GU versions. Um, so basically, this is the version that's gonna have the more uh challenging. Um quests okay and like cool rewards and like new elements in there, and more monsters and like um monster variants, so basically they're the same monsters, but they're uh, they're different uh well that's the word said variants of the monster, so they'll have different attack patterns, they might even be a different element, um which is really cool. Because nice. the only thing we have right now is the the, the Apex uh, monsters, which is fine. And they are challenging, but it's not, it's not the variants like they've done in the past. So I think a lot of people would be excited about that. The new monster that was in the trailer looked uh, very uh, daunting and creepy. Um, also looked a like... It looked like a dragon, but all, apparently like if you really pay close attention to it, it was sucking the blood of the rathalos or at least the energy or something of the rathalos it looked it sounded really weird and creepy so i don't know maybe vampire dragon <laughs> who knows um uh, plus the setting kind of like when you saw it from the first the settings looked a lot like castlevania so it had like yeah. this gothic gothic key look so first i was like is this a new castlevania i do not expect them to do make a new castlevania and then it turned out to be monster hunter <sighs> And that was that was super exciting. I was really excited for that one. Um, then they showed some few updates for uh, like the new Mario Party that's coming, Mario Party Super Superstars or something. I forget. Uh, which is basically the collection of like the first three Mario Parties, but remade for the new generation. It's going to be fully online compatible, so all all the, the 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 boards, all the mini games, everything is like online, which is a lot better considering that um the previous Super Mario Party, Super Mario Party that came out last year, I want to say for Switch, initially did not have online, and when they did add it, it wasn't for everything, it was for certain stuff. It was a lot, but it wasn't everything. And WarioWare, WarioWare um Uh, get it together only has like these daily ranking stuff that is the only stuff that is online which makes absolutely no sense considering that the whole game is based on doing the the games in co-op so why would you not have the main storyline or the main game support online but whatever this new mario party supports online i'm actually looking forward to that I Might pick it up, I'm not 100% sure because there are other games that were announced, and it's like, Ugh, okay. Um, so one of the things that they announced was a new card game from Square Enix, which is this card RPG, like tape, like actual like, tabletop RPG called uh, Voice of Cards. Gosh darn it, I just played it today. Let me see. Yeah, it was called um, Voice of Cards The Isle Dragon's Roars, and it's basically by the same guy that did the near that does the near series. So Yokotaro. Um he's like the, the, the director of it. And he also brought in the same guy that does the music for the near game. So the music is like top notch. Um, there is a demo of that. I played a little bit uh, before um, when I was on, like when I was on the train uh, today from work and it is interesting. It's kind of funny because you have like this narrator who is, the voice of the cards. So he basically narrates like everything. Um, and everything is done with cards. You want to attack, you use a card. You wanna talk to someone, you use a card. You go to an inn, it's a card. Everything okay, is literally cards. It's like it's an interesting take on like um yeah, like tabletop uh RPGs. I played something similar like that. There was way more Dungeons and Dragony on the 3DS. But it was way too slow for me to be to keep an interest. This moved at a better pace. It also allows you to play with the touch screen. So if you're playing in handheld mode, you don't necessarily have to use the buttons, except for when you want to save. Um, but like if you want to just use your finger and then use like swipe the cards and stuff like that, it actually feels way more interactive and way more fun to do with that way. So I I want to continue playing the game. Um, at least the demo. I think it's coming out late next month, October 28th. So that's really cool. But that was not the only weird announcement from Square Enix. They had two more weird announcements. One of them was a remake for Chocobo Racing, a PlayStation 1 game, which for some reason they're not acknowledging as like It was a PlayStation 1 game because they're like, oh, it's this new racing game with Chocobo and like your favorite Final Fantasy characters. Like, no, you.
1: It looked like a Mario Kart ripoff, like a one to one Mario Kart ripoff.
0: It was a Mario Kart ripoff, but it was a. I'm not gonna lie, I played it on. uh, I played it. I played the PlayStation version back in the day, and it's actually kind of fun. Okay. Like, they have their unique takes. So, for example, uh, when you're picking up weapons, it's like magic spells from, of course, Final Fantasy. But whenever you pick up a spell and you pick up that same element again, it levels up the attack. So, for example, in Final Fantasy, you have like the, the elemental spells: fire, uh, fire, blizzard, um, thunder, and then you have like the evolved versions of them that are stronger. So, fire, fire firea, firaga. So whenever you pick up the same element on the track, it evolves into that spell. So it'll get the stronger versions and then you can fire it off, which is really fun. Um, it is a really fun game to play. I so I am kinda looking forward to it. I hope it's not too expensive. I'm just finding it weird that they are not acknowledging the fact that it's a remake of a PlayStation One game. But but
1: I think they, they it why would they do it at a Nintendo Direct?
0: Why not? You're talking about the competition. No, but what do you mean you're talking about the competition? Square Enix, it's not Sony.
1: Yeah, but you're like, you're saying, a PlayStation... I mean, like, it's taboo to use those words at a... Oh, for Pete's sake, that's what you're hung up on? Oh, well, (laughs) have you ever seen Sony or Microsoft say, like, oh, we're bringing the Xbox-exclusive game, the Medium to PlayStation? No, they never say that. Or, oh, well, we're bringing... Um, metal gear solid which has been an exclusive game for playstation for years finally to
0: xbox they don't do that right,
1: fine. they don't talk about the competition the right, competition fair, doesn't I... exist
0: <laughs> damn it you're making me cough no. oh wow fine. fine i'll give you that i'll give you that point um still would have been nice to acknowledge it's just a mario kart like ripoff like you don't like you don't even have to acknowledge that it's from PlayStation, you just have to acknowledge that it's a remake of a game, anyway. So, that was a weird announcement for me. Another weird but very cool announcement was the remake for Act Razor um, from the Super Nintendo. Which I honestly, like legit, I thought about that game a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, you know, it's been such a long time since Act Razor was released. I kind of hope that they bring it to the Nintendo Switch Online program. For the super nintendo so i can just play it there and then they announced this and i'm like oh this is actually kind of cool this is kind of way better um it looks really it looks interesting uh the art style is kind of hit and miss the soundtrack sounds pretty cool um the actual composer of the original game actually worked on the on the soundtrack of this one so the 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 what do you call that? The re- the, he recomposed like the soundtrack, but also created new, s- new tracks for the game. Now, of course, this game also allows you to play with the original soundtrack, but the new tracks obviously weren't in the original game. But apparently, the composer saved everything he's ever done, including the sample library that he had for the Super Nintendo, specifically for that game. So we was able to, like, use the sample library from the Super Nintendo to make new Super Nintendo music for this game. That's pretty cool. Which is so cool. Like, this dude is so awesome. Like, oh, my gosh, dude, seriously, you're the best. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I want to pick that up eventually. Um, there's a bunch of games I want to pick up. Gosh, darn it. Um, so there was Actraiser. Um, I'm just going to skip to a few stuff. They shot off a new Kirby game. And I didn't even realize it was a Kirby game until I saw Kirby because it started off like in this post-apocalyptic setting. It almost looked like a very colorful version of um, The Last of Us. So I was like, okay, this is not Splatoon because Splatoon is way more in your face. I don't know what this is. And then I saw Kirby. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I saw it was a 3D Kirby, and which is something they've never done. Because all they've done up until this point is like a 2D side scroller or a two and a half D side scroller. They've never done like a full 3D game a la Super Mario 64. So this is the full true the first true 3D Kirby game that they're looking is looking fantastic. Uh so I'm super excited for that. Can't wait for it to come out this spring. Or not this spring. Next spring. If it came out this spring but we'd be time traveling um what else what else Uh, that's actually kind of interesting they announced new features for the nintendo online stuff with the expansion and stuff they did they did so there is an expansion coming for the nintendo switch online Called the expansion? Oh gosh, what did they freaking call it? It
1: had the most original name you could come up with—something like it the was, expansion pass or something. The
0: ex, yeah, Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Oh my god.
1: Oh seriously. wow! You Those... guys are
0: worse. You guys are worse at naming than I am. And I, I suck at naming.
1: I bet the guy that came up with the Xbox Series X name thought like, ha, suck it. I'm not the person that came up with the worst name ever. That's Nintendo.
0: I know, right? Oh, my goodness. But stupid name aside, it is pretty cool what they're adding. So yeah. they're adding N64 games. And out of freaking nowhere, and nobody even expected this, Sega Mega Drive games, or if you're in the U.S., Sega Genesis games, which is weird because, again, Sega, you know, used to be like, you know, head to head. I know it's been forever since they've been.
1: I think it's a money thing, man. They're like, hey, if you want to
0: put our old stuff
1: on your online platform, you're giving us money for it.
0: Why not? It is kind of funny considering the fact that Sega like loves to put out collections. So it's weird that they would put they would work with Nintendo to do this. It's probably a money thing. I, I guess. But the cool thing about it is that for both the N64 and for the Sega Mega Drive, they're putting out replica controllers for the Switch that are wireless, which is cool. Japan is getting a little bit extra in that regard because they have the option of choosing this classic three-button controller for the Sega Mega Drive or the six-button controller for the Sega Mega Drive, which is super handy if you're playing games that need more buttons like a fighting game. Which does seem to indicate that fighting games might be coming to the service eventually. But it's kind of disappointing that the controller is only available in Japan. So if you want that six-button controller for the Sega Mega Drive, you'll probably need to import that. Which kind of sucks, because it's only available from the Nintendo online store. So that's going to be an expensive import. Um, outside of that there was a few more things that were shown off um, Splatoon 3, they showed off more stuff um, from the single player and the multiplayer, which looks interesting and fun, uh, that is coming out early next year um, Animal Crossing we're, getting, is getting we're getting a new Animal Crossing update, finally which is like so weird because they have been silent for almost a year They've like done updates, but nothing super significant. Like the the most significant thing they've done is they've allowed you to move your save file to another console, um, which is nice, and they allow it to back up to the cloud, which is something they didn't uh, offer before. Those are the only two big updates, and we know from the beginning, from people that data mined the game, that. The Roost, which is this coffee house that has been in every Animal Crossing game, was found in the code, and it should have been made. And like, it's now finally been teased that it's finally coming, like a year and a half later. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. We're gonna get an uh, an Animal Crossing Direct early next month, early October, and the update uh should be available sometime in November. So the direct is going to show us like what is going in, going on in the updates. So it's not just uh, Brewster and the Roost coming, but some more stuff, apparently. So uh, big enough for them to have a separate direct for it.
1: Well, I we am one also... person that will be really happy with this.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I found out he spent <laughs> 1,200 hours on the game. Like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. But yeah yeah you don't have animal crossing anymore, so you can't see how amazing his island is
1: yeah it, but i've
0: mean, i've been there i've seen it it's like it's super awesome it's gorgeous like you can really tell that he put effort into it if um, I spent twelve hundred hours on a game it it would be like a kingdom exactly and uh one more thing before I want to go to the big the big reveal of the evening uh was that we're going to get the final Character announcement for Smash, and it is happy and sad at the same time. Happy because we're finally at the end of the line for Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's also a little bit sad because we're at the end of the line of Smash Brothers Ultimate, but also happy because Sakurai finally can take a break after this. Jeez, that dude has been working on that game since when did that game come out? A couple 2000... years ago? 2018? jeez man let's not like
1: make it sound like he's working on one character for months and then it's like he's like probably doing no 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 but
0: he's like he's a he's like a perfectionist like he like tests the characters he does like he gives input on like the character balances so he plays the game like a lot and he gives feedback on it on like the game balancing and stuff like that and they keep having to rebalance it. So I'm assuming that the team at uh, Namco Bandai is also kind of tired and needs a break <laughs> because, you know, it's the same. Like they also like the Namco Bandai team that's working on Smash are people that also worked on Tekken. So I'm pretty sure that they kind of want to go back to doing that, to working Probably. on that again or some other games. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Sakurai could use like the the break as well. So and hopefully work on some other games. Cause the only game that he's worked on between the previous Smash and this one was Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh wow. <laughs> For the 3DS. And where's and everybody's like, we need a remake of like that on the Switch with like proper controls. I don't think he's gonna do that. I would think he would rather work on something else. But it would be nice if uh, if he was able to do that, to get like a remake of that game. out Because it was a good game. It's a shame that not a lot of people played it because of the control scheme. And finally, the big reveal, finally. Finally, since it was re- announced almost five years ago, Bayonetta Tree was finally shown up. And they did it in such a Platinum Games way because they... Didn't show it off immediately, but if you, like, looked at, like, the the, the font of the, the subtitle, it's the same font that has been used in every Bayonetta game. Uh, but I was still doubting it when I saw it first. Like, it looks familiar. I don't know which game's font this is. Because the monster in the game kind of looks like something from Wonderful 101, so it could have been that. But they weren't, like, super deformed, squishy characters, so it made no sense. It could have been Astral Chain, which they did uh, tease because they showed off um, one of the mascot characters from that game. So it's like, oh my gosh, they're do- announcing um, Astral Chain 2, specifically because the mascot was holding up a peace sign for 2. I was like, oh, it's Astral Chain. And then suddenly you see the witch time, and then you see Bayonetta's reflection slowly descending. It's like, <gasps> oh my goodness. It For one, it looks good. Like, Bayonetta's new design is pretty awesome because it's based off young Bayonetta, uh, a.k.a. Cereza, from uh, Bayonetta 1. So instead of having, like, the short hair that she had in Bayonetta 2 or the Sarah Palin look from Bayonetta 1, she has, like, twin pigtails um, coming down her shoulders uh, and a new very dashing outfit and new glasses uh and yeah, it's Bayonetta. It's just more like witch time kick ass and apparently they added kaiju battles and um uh, from uh one of the the, the 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 former executive producers of Scalebound, so who worked on Scalebound uh at Platinum Games, was like the 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 kaiju battle from Bayonetta 3 Looks a lot like the 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 battle mechanics that they had for the footnote for your dragon sidekick in Scalebound, which makes sense because the same director for Scalebound is also the director for this game. So it looks like he brought some elements over from Scalebound because he didn't want to let go of that. And, ah, dang, it looks so cool. I'm so excited. I can't wait to finally play it next year. It's coming out next year. They gave us a release year, 2022. We kind of sort of don't have to wait much longer. But, again, we don't know how far it is in 2022. But I'm excited for it. I'm happy. But to be fair, if you saw my reaction, you probably wouldn't have thought that I was super excited. But that was because I was... Running on fumes at that point, <laughs> I was just happy to see it. And oh, good grief, that thing got announced in twenty seventeen. They showed us a teaser trailer. That's it. So I, the only thing I can imagine is that the game was in pre production when it was announced. Because if it took five years to make it, that's a yeah, long time it's... for a game. Yeah, that means that was in pre-production when they announced it. Yeah, but
1: even then, I think it might have even gone through some reboots or stuff like that. I mean, like, oh, it doesn't take five years, even from pre-production, to make a game like that. Well, that
0: depends. If they had nothing at all.
1: Yeah, but, like, is is uh, Platinum Games, like, one team that just does one game no, at no, a time? They have,
0: no, they have multiple teams. Yeah, so I think, like... They they're... used to be one team, they have, like, multiple teams now. But like the Bayonetta team has been working on this for a really long time, and I don't know how big. Like I'm sure that Bay- like the because don't forget they also made Astral Chain, in between, and they also worked on other games in between. So that means that I'm assuming that their like their project team scale to fit their needs. So if they didn't prioritize Bayonetta because it was in an early stage. They probably had a smaller team working on, like, core concepts and stuff like that, while the other team was working on, you know, like, Astral Chain and, like, other big and small projects alike. Probably. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think those are, like, the biggest things. Like, Dead by Daylight is coming to Switch. Um, Dead by Daylight 2 is coming to Switch but the cloud version, which is weird. So, like, the first game is getting, like, a proper release on Switch. But the second game is cloud only.
1: Yeah, but the second game is a is a oh, it's also coming to PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a, yeah. it was an next gen game.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, I did miss one thing. So remember, like <laughs> earlier this year, Square Enix announced this new RPG called Project Triangle Strategy. Yes. And remember how like super annoyed i was because i knew that they were going to just call it project uh, they were just going to call it triangle strategy yeah mm-hmm. well guess what <laughs> they're I'm calling a... it mother loving project oh my gosh seriously like next to the, the the dumb name for the online expansion this is probably the second dumbest thing that they announced Tri- like what is- triangle strategy is not a name for a game like, with Octopath Traveler, I get it. This is just stupid. Why would you not call it something like, I don't know, um, Skills of Justice? Because, you know, skills are involved. Oh, or...
1: because that doesn't sound generic?
0: Generic, sure, but it doesn't sound like a gosh darn project name. Yeah, maybe there's, oh, maybe there's something Jesus.
1: in the game that justifies the name.
0: Uh, yeah, it does. But that still doesn't mean you have to call it that. There are better names to come up with. Come on, seriously. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest. It is coming out. It looks exciting. They've made improvements to the game. It's coming out next year. Yeah, next year, March. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, seriously, the here's the fun thing about that game is that the improvements that they made to it makes it way closer to final fantasy tactics than it has ever been Mm. it already felt like a bit more like final fantasy tactics but now it really feels like final fantasy tactics so i'm actually looking forward to that yeah (laughs) that's pretty much the direct um if you want more of that kind of stuff i'm sure you can find it wherever you frequent your gaming news um and like I said, I reacted to it. If you want to see it, it's on my YouTube channel. I made some highlights. You can see how I responded to Triangle Strategy being official and being shocked at ActRaiser and getting super excited about um, Sunbreak and you know other stuff. So I think that is it. And with that, we'll be right back with what we've been playing. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, with what we've been playing. Sean Templar. Have you been playing anything? Uh yeah, it's
1: not a lot what I've been playing, but uh I played the Call of Duty Vanguard beta. Um mm-hmm. I played it on PS5. Um I was not impressed. I mean
0: was it was it different from the first one that we had like earlier? Yeah, it
1: was it was different than the alpha, it was a lot crappier than the alpha cause i mean really? like yeah cuz like first it it downloaded the wrong thing it downloaded the alpha again so i had to figure out how to download the beta and then when i got into a match there were all sorts of server issues like it kept saying packet loss packet loss and then it would introduce lag and i mean like i have my playstation wired up so like me having lag i have pretty fast internet so it couldn't be my side so like it was really yeah. annoying it was constantly lagging and then visually it didn't look like a ps5 game so it could be that it was just running on ps5 through ps4 back combat it i was not impressed with the visuals um it played okay but like for example the sounds that the weapons make it was not nice i mean like when you fire a certain you've heard these weapons all over the place i mean like in all sorts of movies and all sorts of games so you have like an a certain expectation of what a certain weapon is supposed to sound like and like a lot of them were sounding like pea shooters. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, this is really menacing. I'm shooting you with this big ass gun and this is really menacing. Whoa. Um, wasn't impressed with the triggers. The triggers were like meh, uh on the dual sense. <laughs> I and mean, we're like overall is is I, I was not intending on buying this game because I'm waiting for Battlefield, which by the way got delayed till November. Um, but I don't mind that. Um but this kind of confirmed it for me that I definitely do not want to buy this game. And I played it with a couple of I played it with a friend of mine who was in my Call of Duty group, and he was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna buy this shit." So, too bad. Um, I don't know how the rest of the world's gonna look at it, but they're not getting my own. A lot of people
0: had the similar complaints.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah,
1: I expect better, and it this is definitely not better. So yeah.
0: One has to wonder if like the whole lawsuit thing is having an impact on the development as a whole.
1: Well, you would say that it shouldn't because it's like your corporate office is being sued to put it that way, but you are also people
0: are leaving the company.
1: Yeah. But I would say like, if you're a team that's in a completely different state doing your own thing, you're, you're pretty much isolated from the stuff that's happening unless people in your studio are also leaving, which can happen of course but I don't expect it to be on a massive scale like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think we're getting to the point where um, Call of Duty fatigue is creeping in again, because it happened a couple of years ago. And I think we're at that point that it's happening again, that, you know, you can only recycle so many settings before it gets boring. And yeah, super cool that you have this special forces idea, but yeah, I mean there are rumors floating around that Infinity Ward is working on Modern Warfare 2 for next year, which a lot of people are looking forward to because Modern Warfare was really good. Um I love that Call of Duty. Um so yeah, rumor has it that they're working on it on the sequel to, to the reboot of two years ago. Um I hope that's true. Um but yeah, I'm not gonna buy Vanguard. And and honestly, unless a miracle happens, I wouldn't recommend the game.
0: Hmm yeah well i guess we'll have to wait and see it until the reviews come out and hopefully it's better but wait when is it supposed to come out again like this october uh, i think in november as well oh wait yeah november so like they're gonna be like mid? really
1: close with battlefield
0: yeah yeah i think this is coming out first and then battlefield
1: yeah yeah battlefield was gonna come out in october but it was pushed to november last week last week so um, yeah, I also in an impulse mood bought Deathloop because I wasn't intending on buying it. <laughs> uh because I was like, oh did... I have enough to play, why should I buy a game? You know?
0: How how, how did that go? Well, so like I
1: expected the game to get like a, a eight and a half, you know, from the reviews. And then suddenly IGN comes out with their review and they're like 10. And I'm like, what? And then GameSpot comes out with their review and they're like 10. And I'm like, what? So, like, these big sites are giving this game a 10. And to, to clarify, a 10 doesn't mean it's the perfect game or a perfect game. A 10 means simply it's a means... a
0: masterpiece. Yeah,
1: it's a masterpiece. It's something you need to play. So, when it got a double 10, I was like, what? And then I started looking online a little bit and, you know, checking out some, some streams, but not trying to check out too much because I don't want to have it spoiled for me. I'm like, you know, this looks like Dishonored and I like Dishonored. Um, so I just decided to buy it, and I streamed uh, like the first two hours of it. It is <laughs> really nice. It's funny. Uh, the The dialogue is is really funny. The characters are are really fleshed out, and they, you know, you just you could play the whole game and just laugh your ass off because of the the banter between the characters, which is just really nice. Um, also, like stuff they use to call games. So you have this. Uh, You're playing as a character called Cole, and he is the head of security for this uh, loop you're in. So he's basically there to protect the loop because basically what happens is the game takes place over a day. You have to kill eight targets within the day to break the loop. If you die or you wait too long, then the day passes and the loop resets. So kind of like Returnal. Um, But something happens... Causing him to want to break the loop instead of protect the loop. And uh, he, for example, has like this self-made hack device and he calls the hackam he calls it the hackamajig. Which is like <laughs> <laughs> how do you come up with that? You know, oh, no. like you pick the thing up, it's like it's a hackamajig, and I'm like, what? You know, and that's kind of the tone of the game. It doesn't take itself serious. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: uh, it's really funny. Um it plays really nicely. It looks really nice. Um, I I want to put more time into it. I haven't played it since I streamed it because it's overwhelming in the beginning and like the there's a lot of mechanics in there or the system the game over explains the mechanics so you're you're getting overwhelmed by it a bit. You're like oh this and tutorial here blah 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 explanation there la 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 explanation this this works like that la 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 la. and eventually I'm like uh, a friend of mine joined the stream. And he said like are you playing a game or are you reading an encyclopedia I'm like uh, <laughs> yeah I don't know it's like this is not my game it's like yeah and then I shortly after that decided to end the stream because I was like yeah I don't I can't imagine people wanting to see this in this state or me playing this at this state so mm. um yeah I definitely want to jump in I'm I'm in that spot now that I just I want to buy Kena or Kina I want to buy Death Stranding, the director's cut. I want to buy Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut. I'm holding off on buying them because I want to finish Returnal. I want to finish Mass Effect 3. I want to finish Start playing Lost in Random. I bought Yakuza 3, 4, 5, and 6. I want to finish those. So seeing as we're not getting anything big in November besides Battlefield, I'm kind of like thinking, you know what? I'll maybe buy those games in november so i have something to play over the holiday season um yeah. it might be sooner because i see a lot of people streaming death stranding talking about Death stranding it was my game of the year in 2019 by surprise i didn't expect it i mean everybody was thinking it might have been uh total war three kingdoms uh which was a close contender and uh yeah so um I'm really I I think I'll I'll probably end up buying Death Stranding at the end of the month because it's just I mean the reviews are really nice. I'm really looking forward to it. And I feel like more people will buy it this time because it's there's not a lot of stuff out on PS5. So this is one of those reasons to buy it. Plus, there's a lot of it's word of exclusive. mouth. It's an exclusive and there's a lot of word of mouth because a lot of people are like, Oh, you haven't played this game? Well, I played it in 2019 and it's really good. So you should really just buy it and play it. So like, I think that is, is happening a lot, or at least yeah. it feels like that's happening a lot. So A, a lot of, of people are like people
0: are playing Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's kind of like Days Gone. You know, like Days Gone came into the PlayStation Plus collection and it was for free with PS Plus. And then like a lot of people suddenly started playing this game. And a lot of people were like, how did I miss out on this game? Why didn't I buy it two years ago? Or why didn't I play it then? And I was like,
0: I uh, told you so. So yeah,
1: that yeah. and um
0: I still need to get back on that game, but I'm f- I'm focusing on something else right now on PlayStation. Mm,
1: yeah, I think that's basically I've been playing a little bit of Mass Effect 3. I I never finished the original Mass Effect 3 on on the PC back in the day. Um so I'm I am playing a little bit more of Mass Effect 3. I mean, I like it. The game does show its age. Uh, for example, when Shepard is sprinting, you can definitely see it's an old game. It's like sprints really weirdly. You're like, wow, yeah. this looks strange. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh it's really cool to see the difference because I forgot, like, when you went from Mass Effect two to three, that they really changed a lot of stuff in three. They refined it and made it a lot better, like the sound of the guns and the shooting and the cover mechanics. It's like really feels like a proper new game instead of uh yeah. an, an 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 expansion. Um. But yeah that's basically what I've been playing. not a lot, not a lot of interesting, but hopefully at the end of the month I'll be able to finish some of them. So what have you been
0: playing? uh well, I've still been playing more Persona 5. Uh, Happy days. new I started New Palace, which is really cu- cool. Um, like the current the current target is this really disgusting mob boss who's just like the absolute worst. He sees his targets, like, walking ATMs, like, literally walking ATMs. Um, And, yeah, it's just, oh, man, the visuals are so good in this game. And, you know, I got the new character as well, uh, Makoto, and her intro is just so good. Like, seriously, it's, like, so awesome. It's, like, the best one so far. Uh, And I love it. Um, so I've been I've been continuing down that road. I want to like my mission right now when it comes to PlayStation games is I want to finish a PlayStation game before I go to the next one. So I want to finish uh, Persona Five Royal because I know it's a long game. Um, I think I'm like a third through now. Um, There's still some things that I need to make sure so that I can play because this is the expanded version, and I there are certain things I need to do in the game so I can actually play, like, the extra content. And if I don't, then I'm going to have to start all over again, which I don't want to. Um, So I just want to get it right the first time around. So um, So I do refer to, like, an FAQ when I need to. So I know, okay, I need to do this now so that I can maximize, like, certain aspects in the game. So I've been playing that. I started playing, like... I there was a while I did not know what I'm going to play on my Switch outside of what I do for streams. And I've been streaming Super Metroid in and anti- like in anticipation of Dread um which is really nice. I I've, I've tried to avoid the trailers because there's apparently some spoilers in there. So I I've been I've been trying to avoid the trailers. They did have a trailer in the Nintendo Direct. I did see it, but I think it's fine. Um
1: Hard to look away when it's
0: live. Yeah, kind of hard to look away when you have to make sure that you you do see what comes after that. And it looks cool. Like, it looks awesome. Uh, Super Metroid, I've never beaten it. I've played it m- multiple times before in the past, but I've never beaten it. So this is the first time I'm going to beat it. I'm going to beat it on stream, and it's going to be really awesome. So if you're, for, so if you're interested in seeing me going through um, Super Metroid and just trying to figure stuff out, check it out. It's on my Twitch. Um, I'm basically at this point, I have kind of a schedule right now where I'm streaming every Tuesday and every Thursday. So if you are if you miss Tuesday, because this goes up on Wednesday, um, Thursday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow I'm going live again with Super Metroid. What I've been playing outside of live streams is uh, Star Ocean: First Departure R on Switch, which is a JRPG that came out on. Okay, this one has kind of a little bit of a weird, like history because I think the first, the original Star Ocean came out on Super Nintendo in Japan um and then it got remade i think for PlayStation 1 and then it got a PSP remake called First Departure which is the one i'm playing and this is a remake of that game of that version of the game uh it looks nice it's you know it's basically the 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 you know the pixel art with a little bit of 3D kind of like PlayStation 1 era stuff and it looks good. It's made by Tri-Ace, the same people that made Eternal Sonata on Xbox 360. Uh, and a bunch of other games. Like they've made a bunch of Star uh, Star Ocean games. Um so it's nice to play the first game for the first time. I here's the funny part why I'm playing this game. Is I was going through my Switch because I was like, what I feel like I want to play something on my Switch. I have no idea what I want to play now. I don't feel like playing. Dark Souls because I'm kind of stuck there and I need like I kind of need to feel the need to play Dark Souls again so I can continue where I left off um, maybe when I get the OLED switch or whatever um, but first dread uh, and I was just going through it and I'm seeing Star Ocean I'm like when did I buy this? I don't remember where I bought it. I think I bought it on discount because I remember buying it like a bunch of RPGs when it was on the discount. And I think that was one of them. It was on like super discount. Oh, so not I,
1: just a discount,
0: but a no, super, disc. super discount. Super <laughs> discount. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, because I think it was like 75% off. It wasn't even like 10 euros or something. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of pretty cool. Let me just play this. So I started playing it and I'm only like three hours in and I can immediately see that um, if they weren't inspired by the Tales of series, they definitely shared like developers, even though Tri-Ace and Namco Bandai are like completely two different companies. But they have very similar battle mechanics. It's like, oh, this feels surprisingly familiar but at the same time it's like I've never played this game I know I've never played this game why does it feel like I played this game before so I started playing that and that's really fun Um, and then last of course what I talked about was uh, Voice of Cards I played that a little bit and like I said it was interesting if you want that you can go back to the new segment and I talk about that a little bit um, and I think that that is kind of about it. Um, did I play anything else? Oh, I think that's actually kind of it. So it's that, um, but I'm basically right now, even though it's very tempting to go back to Days Gone, whenever I see you play it on stream, I'm like, gosh darn it, I kind of want to go back to this. It's like, no, no, stick to the plan, Max, focus, you gotta finish Persona. <laughs> you got to finish Persona otherwise you can't move forward. So I'm doing that. Um but it's not like I'm forcing myself to play Persona, it's more like I'm forcing myself to pace myself with Persona because as soon as I start playing, I know I'm going to lose at least 3 hours. I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to play for a half hour or I'm going to play for an hour." Nope, it's 3 hours at least.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even do that anymore. So like if I have uh if i want to play a game i need i need to know mentally that i have a couple of hours that i can put into the game otherwise i don't do it because i always tell myself like by the time i'm in the into the game i'm like in the mood i'm, I'm really getting into the game it's already the time to go to bed or do something else so i'll rather watch some yeah. netflix or some youtube or whatever But like as soon as i know like okay i have Two three hours, I can sink into the game. Then I then I go at it because otherwise, like yeah. if I do it like for thirty minutes, I can't unless it's
0: like a multiplayer game or something like that. But <laughs> otherwise, I, I just can't do it anymore. Well, that's the nature of JRPGs, man. The uh, the cutscenes, man. It's the it's the stuff that takes up the most space. Like I play if I, if Kojima I, games, go- so I know. <laughs> not fair fair
1: 90 fair. minute cutscenes in mgs4 like,
0: wait did i talk about my death stranding experience in the last episode i don't feel like i didn't
1: you that. did mention that you were playing the game i can't remember if you told if you finished the game
0: right okay so i did finish death stranding oh my god you are by the frame, first of all you are such a gosh darn liar because i told you exactly where i was and you we're like oh yeah cool great like saying nothing So basically where it was, was I was at what I assumed was the final stretch of the game. I'm not going to spoil anything because the director's cut is out and I know it adds a bunch of stuff, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's yet to play. it. So basically, here's here's my current situation. I think I'm almost at the end of the game. Considering what the story was telling me, if I finish this part, it should be the end of the game. It was not the end of the game. There was, and I kid you not, I checked my time, at least somewhere in the ballpark of about five hours of gameplay left. And it's mostly because the cutscenes take forever. And th- there's, oh my God, there's a part where you have to, I can't even like say it because then it's a spoiler, but there's a really long part to this to this. End game, which is not end game, and then it fakes you out with credits. Okay, I know I didn't. I said no spoilers, but I'm not spoiling anything when I'm saying it says end credits. Then there's more stuff.
1: It feels like that Lord I, of the Rings ending in the Return of the King.
0: And Sean being like the absolute gosh darn jerk that he is, I show him like the, I took a picture of it. I was like, I'm finally done. And he's like, yay! He doesn't say anything. (laughs) The game just keeps going on. And I'm like, oh, master, I can resist. So then I finally beat the game. I was like, yeah, I kind of am done with Death Stranding. It's not, again, I love playing Death Stranding, especially the middle part, where you're just doing the deliveries. And like, you Like, people are like, oh, it's like a walking simulator. Uh, Okay, first of all, it's not a walking simulator because I've played walking simulators. This is not it. There's way too much that you need to pay attention to. There's way too much management. There's way too much making sure that you not get detected by those stupid mules. You have to manage your equipment. You have to manage the cargo. Um, And yes, they are boxes, and they're all very indistinguishable from one another. But that's kind of not the point of the story. The story is to connect people. If that means carrying in the script boxes from one point to another, or looking for boxes in the wild and bringing them back to their owners, that's how the story is told. And the story is surprisingly melancholic and I dare say quite beautiful.
1: I, uh, I know somebody who cries every time she plays the game, and she's like, she she comes out for it. She's like,
0: oh, no, gonna cry, yeah.
1: and then just like,
0: which I which I do get because yeah, there are some yeah. emotional points in there yeah. where I was like, I felt it. Yeah, because I started playing it more regularly, and I think that's the best way to play Death Stranding is to play it well. Not obviously in one season, because that is insane. Like, I showed you. Did I show you like my final time with the game? I can't remember. I spent almost 100 hours on that game. Holy shit.
1: I don't know if I <laughs> did that,
0: but. You know why? Because I was doing, like I said, I was doing a lot of the side questing stuff. Yeah. But that's because I wanted to get better gear. Because you yeah. have to do the side quest stuff to get the better gear. You can essentially, if you want to blaze to, through it in quotes, you technically can story wise. But that doesn't mean you're gonna get the best score or the best results or like the best stuff. Yeah. If you wanna do the, the if you wanna do it for the trophies, you can.
1: I know some people am, that have the platinum.
0: I'm not sure I'm the person for that. And yeah. the only reason I tried to finish it on time was because the director's cut was coming out. I was like, you know what? Once it comes out, I wanna get the director's cut and then play that stuff again. But when I finished it, I was like, I think I'm going to wait for at least six months (laughs) to come back to Death Stranding's Director's Cut. Because I just finished it, and I just went through the whole roller coaster of emotions, and I was just kind of drained. Like, in a good and bad way, but I was just like, you know what? I've played it. I've experienced it. I am grateful for the experience. But I do not want to touch this game for a while. (laughs) I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, it's been two
1: years for me, so I'm like really excited to jump back in.
0: Yeah, for you, it's the perfect time. Yeah. So, yeah, that is it for what I've been playing and what I've played and what I've finished. So, Sean, will you do the magical orders?
1: I will try to do my best, as always. Um, So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Game Rivals. Now it doesn't feel strange saying this because we're also on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you can find Hi, a, you can find the <laughs> audio version on your favorite podcasting platform: Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Overcast. Uh, you name it, we're probably there. Um, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, the link will be in the description. Uh, feel free to check us out there. Uh, leave your comments. Leave a like. Um, we like hearing from you. Um we're reachable through email, uh game rivals feedback at gmail.com. Um we're also on Twitter, game underscore rivals underscore. Maximilian is also on Twitter at Maximilian. Um we both stream um twitch.tv slash maximilian x.
0: Yep, maximilian A- underscore Oh Max.
1: maximilian underscore x and uh twitch.tv slash on templar. You do the Tuesdays and the Thursdays, so you're playing Super Metroid. I do the Sundays, it's days gone. And if I have the time, I do like an extra day through the week. But for now, it's only Days Gone. I love that game. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, uh, at Maximilian underscore X and at Game Rivals. Uh, and that's basically it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And on that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templer.
0: And I have been and will always be Maximilian X.